organizations, transparency is important. Employees want to know the business. They care about the business and they should be educated on it. And that all happens with communication. Whatever method of communication you want to use, just make sure you're communicating with your employees and educate them on the business. How do you make money? How do we provide great customer service? How do we do what we do so that we are a success? Because employees really care and they really want to be a part of that. And they can be so much more effective when they have all the knowledge that they need to do a great job. You're listening to the Focus on Customer Experience podcast. Podcast. Benjamin Del Grosso gives you the ins and outs of one of the most underlooked aspects in business today. Improve your customer service and watch your business skyrocket. Now, here's your host, Benjamin Del Grosso. Hello and welcome to the show. Today we have Anne Donovan. She is an HR consultant. So Anne, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ben. I'm thrilled to be here. I really enjoy your podcast and I hope that I can give your listeners something fun to listen to. Oh yeah, I think I think it's great. I mean, we were having a good off-camera conversation just about a few different things. Uh, I got some good questions I think drummed up to ask you here. So, but let's give let's give the listeners a little bit of your backstory of of how you got to where you are today. My story started years ago when I was in high school. I got into customer service as a grocery store clerk and just fell in love with it. The interactions with the people, making their day a little bit better. And as a grocery store clerk, I wanted to make sure that I was efficient, ring them through the line quickly, but also personalize the transaction. And from there, I went into hotel operations. I was at the front desk. I was in housekeeping, really honed my the customer experience there. And then I moved into human resources where I get to work with the employees and create an incredible employee experience. Because as we all know, the employee experience really has an impact on the customer experience. If your employees aren't happy where they're working, the customers are going to see that. They are going to go find the, the their competitors then. And so being able to impact the employee experience is where my life's work is now. I do a lot of training and development, whether it's training on jobs and specific tasks. I work on customer service and sales training and work on leadership development. Employee retention leads, or training and development leads into employee retention. If companies care about their employees and give them training for their current job, and development for their future careers, then it's more likely that the employee will stay. So creating that employee experience leads to employee retention, which leads to customer retention as well. And that's where I am today. So why is employee retention important? Great question, Ben. There's so many different reasons. With 
every experience, every industry experiences turnover, which is when one employee leaves and you have to hire and replace that employee. When somebody leaves the organization, they take all of their institutional knowledge, they take their experience, and sometimes they'll take customers with them. Having a the having a toxic work environment leads to high turnover, which does not bode well for your customers. Customers want to see a positive face, a great attitude, a willingness to help, and a care for their experience. And if you have employees that are not engaged in their work, those they're going to create an employee or a customer experience that's not very good. So that employee retention is key. And the focus on the employee experience leads to employee retention. You know, I got a crazy example. So I was part of this Facebook group and, you know, I got dragged into it. It, It's a local group for where I live and I had to leave it just because it's so toxic. I just can't believe the amount of stuff and the posts and everything. And that's why I'm not involved in a lot of Facebook groups and period. Mm -hmm. Now I do have a point to this story. So somebody posted the other day that a certain pizza restaurant, uh, when they went in there and left the tip, the employee said, there's no point in leaving a tip because the owner keeps all the tips for himself and doesn't share with us, right? So that's what the employee said to the customer. Somebody wrote a big post about this. And then, of course, it went all viral. There's like 150 comments or something on it, all about how we shouldn't support them and we should go to another pizza place and all this, right? So, you know... And all I wanted to write is, as a small business owner, a lot of these small businesses got completely beaten up over the last couple of years. For all we know, this guy's hanging on, paying, barely paying his payments. He might be using that tip money to break even because of how mm. much he got beaten up during this you know, pandemic that happened. But mm-hmm. the thing is, he probably didn't communicate that to the employee saying, hey, like, I know normally I would give a tips to you guys, but I can't because I'm so far behind on bill payments trying to keep this business flowing, right? That I mm-hmm. I need all the money I can to pay. Now, I don't know if that's what's happening. No clue in the world, mm-hmm. right? You know, it could even be that he takes that money and uses it for a big Christmas party or a big, you know, s- you know spring party, right? And this mm-hmm. could be a new employee that doesn't understand or hasn't been communicated that, which is part of your culture if you're not Mm -hmm. communicating to your employees guess what you're gonna have this toxic work culture like you're talking about right Mm -hmm. but the thing was is this one employee said something to one customer and it blew up and rippled Mm -hmm. right and it turned into all this this other pizza place is better than that place anyways so why would you even go there and that negativity is now going to affect a consumer's decision on whether or not they do or don't go back to that pizza place, all from one comment, Mm -hmm. right? And you bring up such a good point about communication. Organizations, and back when I started my career, I was working for organizations that held everything close to the vest. And they didn't want, oh, if we tell the employees they're not going to be happy, they're going to go to find a different job. 
but with the organizations, transparency is important. Employees want to know the business. They care about the business and they should be educated on it. And that all happens with communication. Whatever method of communication you want to use, just make sure you're communicating with your employees and educate them on the business. How do you make money? How do we provide great customer service? How do we do what we do so that we are a success? Because employees really care and they really want to be a part of that. And they can be so much more effective when they have all the knowledge that they need to do a great job. Yeah, no, it's communication is, is key. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know why this, this, this memory popped up in my head too, you know, February 23rd, 2009. <laughs> and it's one of those things, you know, it's like when, when nine 11 happened, you talk to anybody, everybody remembers where they were, what they did that day. Right. But mm-hmm. February 23rd, 2009 was another one of those days for me and what it was was the the recession was happening right Mm. and it was attacking all the different places and the owners brought in all the managers and we had a meeting and it was like a meeting from about 8 p.m till i think it went to like midnight wow right and what it was was all about how are we going to keep all the employees on without letting anybody go Right. Mm -hmm. So it was all talking about how they wanted everybody to take a 5% wage decrease. And they felt that if they took, if everyone took a 5% wage decrease, they would only have to let two people go out of 150 employees. Right. Wow. So, but the the reason why I remember it so well is because February 24th, at 6 a.m., I was flying to Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, it was a good deal. But but anyways, but the thing is, is they communicated everything that was going on with the business, right? They could have just said, hey, 20 people are laid off. We have to do this. But instead, mm-hmm. they brought us all in, all the senior managers, and said, this is what's going on. What do you think? And there were people in the room like, I can't afford to lose 5%, like freaking out, right? And then there were other people like, I'll take 10% if everybody gets to stay here. Right. You know what I mean? Like just whatever I got to do, you know, and at the end of the day, they communicated and made it a decision that, okay, you're going to lose 5%. However, if you do these extra duties, we will make it whole. Mm -hmm. Right. So they made us hit certain sales goals or certain other things, which typically we wouldn't do sales, but if we do those sales goals, they will pay us our full normal salary, right? So it, it worked out. I pretty, I got covered every month. I was good. <laughs> but that's but the whole able, thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, my apologies. But you were able to make a decision that best suited you because you had all this information up front rather than they could have walked in the next day and said, oh, we have to lay off 20% of our workforce. But by allowing individuals to make their own decisions with that information, the company stayed solvent and was able to, I'm sure it did great. Yeah. And they had buy-in from all the employees. Yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, it's challenging, right? You're going through a hard time and, you know, we're talking about, you know, human resources. We're talking about training, 
and you know you've trained all these people now you're going to let them go well those people need to find another job and they're probably going to go work for your competitors and mm -hmm. now you've spent all this time so they found a way to how can we keep the people we've trained here so that we don't lose them right so they were trying to find a happy medium and you know don't be wrong did we lose a few people yes but mm -hmm. we didn't lose the whole staff i think we kept a very good amount of the core there so yeah. you know um so you know you coming from hospitality and having to serve people you know obviously in your various roles what made you get into hr consulting I want to take my message to a broader scope rather than one organization and having it's I've had impacts in each organization that in which I've worked, but I want to take the m mission out to more people. And to be honest, Ben, I need flexibility in my life and working a nine to five job doesn't really work with me. And being able to create my own hours, build my own business, and work when I work best is ideal for me. And I encourage a lot of organizations to look at the flexibility that they can offer their employees because people, the world of work is changing and people want that flexibility. They realize that they can get that flexibility and really encourage organizations to look at where they can offer it. Yeah, there's there's different things out there. Like I, I talked to obviously I'm I'm exposed to other people from all different walks of life in our networking group that I'm in. And you have people that literally are okay, these eight hours need of work needs to be done in a 24 hour period. We don't care when you do it, mm -hmm. it just needs to be done. Right. And there's people who say that like they have employees that work midnight till eight you know, yeah. eat in the morning and then they just go to sleep because they're obviously not in a sales role, right? They're not mm -hmm. in a role where they're communicating directly to their, their, con the consumers or their, their audience. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, they just need to make sure to get the paperwork done, whether that be payroll or whatever. Right. So I totally understand that. Um, it just, at the same time, you know, as much as you want it to be flexible, there are obviously, I'm assuming, challenges with that, right? Because you want to make sure as a leader that you can communicate with them. So being the fact that like it is flexible, are you seeing that there are also some challenges with communicating with the with a lot of people who do want to be flexible in the workforce? Like in terms of building that culture when all these people are working at home, for instance. Mm-hmm. That there's with anything, there's going to be challenges. And I'm a firm believer that it all comes from where is your mindset with the offering the flexibility to the employees. We're, we're for the most part, we've all in our careers have gotten used to the shift schedules that Henry Ford started century plus ago. And that's what's still in our mindset. And that's where the challenge lies is changing that mindset to get out of that way of thinking, to realize that we need to be working when people are most productive. I'm most productive from 6 a.m. onwards and going into the 
office at eight or nine, I lose hours of productivity because of that. So changing the mindset and really blowing those perceptions out of the water to realize, to see that most of the work that we do can get done when people are most productive. Yes, we there's still a lot of human interaction and we need to be available when other people are available. But everything else, the emails, the paperwork, the payroll, whatever, offer flexibility. Talk to the associate, talk to the employee, and really find out when are you most productive? When would be best for you to get these tasks done? And then let's figure out a time when we can get together and have the personal interactions, one-on-ones, meetings, things like that. Yeah, I think it's it is important to have those one-on-one meetings and to bring the team together, whether it be every quarter or once a year or monthly. You really need to. I mean, a lot of people like, you know, like we were talking about off camera. I just interviewed a guy about why meetings suck. Because yes. a lot of a lot of companies will call these meetings and all hundred employees are on there and it only really concerns two people, you know. You know, I still remember when I had to call these meetings many years ago because I'd, I'd have like the owners telling me, you know, you need to call a meeting and address it. It's like, yeah, but it's one person doing it. So you got all 15 people and I'm going, you know, when you go to the bathroom, you need to make sure to wipe the seat if you leave a mess, you know, and really it's one person who keeps doing it and everybody's rolling their eyes because they all know it's Bob or whatever, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? But the thing is, I'm calling this meeting to talk about it, but really, it's a waste of everybody else's time. We just need to talk to Bob because Bob. Mm-hmm. I feel sorry for Bob because Bob gets beaten up on the podcast lots. But <laughs> oh, poor Bob! <laughs> yeah, there's no Bob, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so we, we were talking off camera about how employees can be very unengaged, and you know, and that will hurt your your work environment. And where where I actually really resonate with this because when I read the book Now Discover Your Strengths many years ago, it talks all about how the majority of people in the workforce aren't even utilized to their strengths. They're unengaged in their job and they basically come punch the clock and leave every single day. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were talking about this and I'm kind of wondering, you know, we're you were looking at like sorry like we're going about how like you can get a bad hire you can get somebody that can come in and kind of be very toxic to your workplace what is it that's something that maybe you do to help these businesses out when challenges like that arise my approach is looking at everything from the employee experience and it all begins with the job posting that you put out there, whichever recruiting source you use. And from that job posting is where you're going to draw employees. A bad job posting will drive potential candidates away. And in that job posting really should talk about what your values are as a company, what the mission of the job is. And people are looking for purpose and meaning in their jobs. So that should come out in the job posting. And then from there, I look at the onboarding experience. Is it an 
easy experience. Are you communicating with your new hire? They've gotten the job, they're excited. And what does your communication with them look like? Is it just, hey, great, show up on Monday, we can't wait to start? Or is it detailed expectations of what their first day will look like, their first week, month, quarter? Look at the onboarding, quote unquote, paperwork. Most is digital now, which is great. But is it easy to follow? Is it easy to fill out? Are you, yes, you need to get all the tax information and work authorization information, but is that easy? And then the first day, are they meeting the people that they're going to be working with? Are they meeting senior leaders that will draw that connection to the company? Are, do they know what lunches, do they need to bring their own lunch? Are they on their own? Are you taking them out for lunch? And then what does the training look like? Are you just going to say, here's your job. We know you can do it. Good luck. Or do you have a detailed training plan that is custom to their learning style? Some people love it when they're just thrown in and figure things out. Other people need that detailed training program for their first day. And then salary and benefits are important. So are you paying competitively? Is it fair? Or do you have people that are all over the map within their jobs? And then the leadership. Are you transparent with the company information? Do you have those one-on-ones? Are you receiving feedback from the employee? Employees, they'll tell you what they want, but a lot of times you just have to have those one-on-ones build that rapport and so that you can draw out what they really need. And then performance and recognition. Are they doing a great job? Where can they improve? And are they being recognized for the job that they're doing? So all of those lend to the employee experience, which lends to retention. So when when you hire this new employee, you get them, you, they, they come in, they wear their slacks and their black t-shirt or, or whatever you, you know, ask them to wear, right? Mm-hmm. And they come to work. When do you think an employer should be doing a first review with them? The very first day. And it's not a real review. It's just, how was today? Did it meet your expectations? What could have been better? What are we doing well? And then at the end of the first week, check in. How is your training going? Is it what you expected? Are you really picking up what we're putting down? Do we need to tweak anything? The first month and then quarterly. And those quarterly reviews should be informal should be more looking towards the future. Hey, here's what you've done. Here's what you did great. Here's where you can improve, but let's look forward to the future. Let's set some goals. Let's action those. And I don't know about you, Ben, but I think that performance management has a long way to go. We all know about the annual reviews. You sit down with boxes to check and you're on a scale of one to five and great but we're usually talking about the annual performance reviews here's what you've done in the past year most of what you can't remember 
you're a three because that's how many we only have so many threes that we can give out and then does that annual performance review really give you inf information that you can respond to in action so i think that performance reviews should be frequent informal here's what you're doing but looking forward to the future where people really can have impact to make change yeah so when i was uh working at best buy many years ago they did these things called cses which were customer service evaluations so mm. what we had to do is we had to stand you know like let's say 10 feet away or something and listen to their conversation with the customer and then grade them on like did they do this did they do these steps did they ask you know basic exploring narrowing question da 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 da, da. And we'd have to do that, I think it was at least once a month for all employees, right? And that went into mm -hmm. a binder. And then you could actually sit down with them and every, provided you were a supervisor or manager that actually was doing your job, right? Which mm -hmm. that was something I did and I always made sure to do it, right? But I mean, so when I could sit down with them at the end of the, I always would sit down with any new employee after three months for like a good half hour to an hour. And I'd ask them all sorts of stuff like, you know, do you know what is expected of you at work, right? Do you have the tools and equipment to do your job? You know, th these kind of questions are very big on the 12 questions from now, discover your strengths, right? <laughs> so well, so great I, questions. I would ask those things and then I would tell them, this is what is expected of you, right? And then I would go over typically like these customer service evaluations and kind of talk to them about, you know, this is where you've, you know, grown. This is where we're kind of stagnant. You know, this is what we do. And yeah, it was the same thing. It was like one out of five or whatever, right? But I do know, I do know, like when you're, you're talking about performance evaluations being a challenge, and this is the problem that I did see is we only have, you know, a uh, fifty for your department of raises we can give out. So, you know, what would end up happening is the manager, general manager would go and change something from like someone being a five to like a two, and they would get mm. a five cent raise because that's all that was in the budget. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I mean? So I was like, so, but, but they were five. Yeah. Well, we had to change it to like a two because we only had five cents in the budget or whatever per hour. So, I mean, you know, that's the part where you're probably talking about, right. Where like, there's only a certain amount of threes we can hand out. There's only a certain number, you know, that's the part that I can say I don't like. Because, mm -hmm. you know, if they're performing that well, then really the problem is, is your raise structures the issue, mm -hmm. not the, their performance. Their performance was good, right? So either way, I mean, I've worked many jobs where you never got a raise for years, right? Like, that's just mm -hmm. how it was. And then the government, they just hand them out. Here you go, 5%. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody gets a raise. It's like Oprah Winfrey. Yay! <laughs> you get a car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so it's the truth. It's the truth. But, it is. Uh, so, so we, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, look at raise structures. If somebody is performing and doing a great job, it's demoralizing to say, well, we only have so much in the budget. We can't give you what you're worth. So just blow. I'm a fan of blowing those budgets out of the wall. Yes, we have to stick with them, them because we do have stakeholders that we need to report to. We do have a business to run. But if 
somebody's doing a fantastic job, reward them for it. You'll keep them as an employee. They'll create a better customer experience. And then that just comes back and folds and you'll see it again and again on the bottom line. So pay people with with their worth. Reward them when you can. Yeah. No, my my wife has been getting a bunch of raises with out asking just because they've been saying she's been doing a really good job. And then like on her last paycheck, they just said she wrote a like a little note saying, you know, you're doing such a great job. Here's an extra two hundred dollars. Thank you for all the good work you do. Right. So mm-hmm. you know, so the, the it's the things like that that you do that aren't expected. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and this is why, you know, a lot of people think seem to think, well, you know, Dave over there is now making 20 bucks an hour working somewhere else. I should get 20 bucks an hour. Okay. Well, what is, what is, what is Dave's job? Right. Compared mm-hmm. to yours. Sure. You're making 18. You're managing three people. He's managing 20. Mm-hmm. And with more money comes more problems. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, it's just the truth, but, um, you know, um, so realistically, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about, you know, employee retention. We've talked about toxic workplace culture. You know, we've talked about employee engagement. Uh, we've talked about obviously employee reviews. Um, do you have any final thoughts for, for our listeners? Something. I'm not very profound. So whatever I say. But I do, I hope that listeners do take some pieces and are inspired by what we've talked about today. But we, as organizations, we take so many resources, whether it's time, money, all the effort to attract and retain customers, that I think that we should be putting a lot of resources into attracting and retaining really good employees because they have such an impact on the customer experience that you can, with an employee, you can make or break a customer experience. So spend, take the resources to attract and retain great employees that can attract and retain your customers. So how does everybody get in touch with you, Anne? My website is donovanhrsolutions.com. And that's D-O-N-O-V-A-N-H-R-Solutions.com. I work on leadership development, coaching, training, and looking at your entire employee experience to work on retaining your valuable employees. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for coming on today. Ben, thank you so much. I really enjoyed speaking with you. And I hope your listeners enjoyed it too. Yes. Thanks for listening to the Focus on Customer Experience podcast. Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more information or to connect with Ben, check out Benjamin Del Grosso on LinkedIn at SafeDrive Solutions on Instagram or www.safedrivesolutions.ca online. We'll see you next time.